It is Saturday, May 2nd, 2020. Welcome to the Todd Kaufman Show. Thank you very much for joining me once again this afternoon. It is a beautiful day here in North Texas. Couldn't ask for a better day, but you can kind of feel it in the air. Summer is coming. 82 degrees today, a little bit of a breeze, which keeps the temperature down a little bit, but not the humidity. It is very much starting to arrive here in North Texas. And again, uh, you can definitely feel summer coming. If you listened to the podcast yesterday, uh, talked a lot about the uh, COVID stuff, uh, talked about marriage, talked about Disney. Uh, I'm just going to kind of ramble here on the show today. I'm hoping that uh, we'll start getting some of you uh, joining in in the conversation and kind of following along a little bit more and, uh, and just kind of joining the conversation, giving your own two cents, giving your own thoughts. Uh, we might be able to take this to Facebook Live and, and do this as a video. Uh, that would be a lot of fun, I think. So, you know, the show that I wanted to do uh, wasn't going to be structured. It was me talking to you. It was me trying to start a conversation with you, uh, giving some of my random thoughts as they go through my head and, and kind of talking about everyday life, whether that be uh, kids or vacations or careers or faith or church or whatever the case may be. Whatever starts a conversation with you. Now, when I say starts a conversation with you, what I don't mean is an argument. I don't want to start an argument with you. That's not what it's about. Starting a conversation is about a back and forth. It's about giving your opinion to what you feel to be right or what you think to be true. And I'm okay sitting down and having a conversation with people. I have absolutely no problem with that. But what I have a problem with is people that just want to be heard. I'm not about that. I am absolutely, I, I, you know, there were a couple of guys tonight that sat on the front porch a couple of nights ago and just had a great conversation. Now, granted, all three of us kind of agreed with where things were, so it wasn't a disagreement, but that's, I, I want it to be a conversation. I want to be a conversation starter. So let's start here, and this may be a really strange place to start, but it's where I'm going to start anyway. This morning, or I should say last night, let's start last night. Uh, some neighbors and I, and, and we live in an amazing uh, neighborhood here in Salina, Texas. It's a neighborhood called Sutton Fields. It is an incredible place to live. We have some of the most amazing neighbors, and really the neighborhood itself. And, and you just you don't see anything like this. It's a, it's a very very rare thing to have a neighborhood like this and people in it like this, where birthdays are important and anniversaries are important and big moments in life are important, and even going to the grocery store, especially during times like this, are important. Uh, on our Facebook page for homeowners that live here. If someone's headed to Kroger, especially in days like this, they, they'll post on the Facebook page and go, hey, I'm headed to Kroger or Market Street or sometimes even Costco. I haven't seen Costco yet, but I've seen Market Street a couple of times. I've seen Kroger a couple of times. And they'll ask, does anything anybody need anything? This is really the first time in, in my lifetime, and I can say that because this is really the first experience I've had with this, that I've had really a neighborhood do that. Where they would just post on Facebook, hey, does anybody need anything at the store? And people will comment back and say, hey, can you look for this? Hey, can you pick up that? And they'll do that. And, and you know, the it's not necessarily for free, although I'm sure there have been more than a few moments where people go, you know what? No, you're you're good. I don't I don't need you to pay for it. I'm doing this because I want to. 
and we're we're glad to do it. But if if people insist to pay for it, that's great, and they'll do it through Venmo or PayPal or whatever the case may be. And I just I think that's such an incredible thing. And I I don't know what the builders out here are doing as far as you know. And I, I mentioned to at least one of them I know off the top of my head. And I remember telling him, if you can't sell the neighborhood, then how are you selling the house? If you know nothing about the neighborhood, if you're struggling to sell houses out here, is it because you can't sell the neighborhood? That is the most important thing because for my wife and I, it wasn't ever about the house. It was never about the house. The house was great, but my number one choice or my number one priority for moving where we did was the school district. Now, granted, the neighborhood has nothing to do with the school district. It just happens to be in the school district that we wanted to be in. It was my number one choice. The reason being is I have known about this school district for the last five, six, seven years because I spent four, five, six years doing high school football for this particular school district, two years behind the mic doing play-by-play in color, and the rest doing radio for another uh, magazine or writing or helping kids with recruiting during their their high school football days, but this is where I wanted to be. That was my number one thing. If we were going to move from the house that we were at, it was going to be in a school district that our kids could grow and excel. That was extremely important to me. So when people come into this neighborhood and they and they want to move and they, and they like the looks of the neighborhood, but they know nothing about it, why aren't the builders knowing anything about it? How do you sell if you're again if you're struggling to sell the house is it because you're not selling the neighborhood and if you know nothing about the neighborhood builders in this neighborhood shame on you because I can't tell you how important that is to so many people if they knew going into this neighborhood if they knew walking into the sales you know the model homes if they knew just how rare this neighborhood is would the house matter all that much? Now, granted, the house is going to matter. I'm not saying it doesn't. But it certainly wouldn't matter as much as what is going on in this neighborhood. The amount of kids that are here, the amount of kids that are going to school together, the amount of people that are are growing together and praying over each other and being there for each other and making each other important. To me, and, and I don't know if you're going to disagree with me, but to me, that is so much more important than the house. To me, the house comes second. Once you get into a neighborhood and you hear how special this place is, then you start to focus on the house because when the neighborhood is told to you and you go, that's exactly what I want for us, that's exactly what I want for our family, then the house becomes an easy decision. Then you start to understand, okay, we do want to build here. Now what house do we need to build? What house can we grow into? Or or maybe if you're like us, this isn't a forever home that we're in. We're eventually going to move. And I told my wife, you're welcome to build somewhere else as long as it's in this neighborhood. (laughs) That's what I told her. I said, you are welcome to build another house. Just pick something in this neighborhood and we're good. That was, that's my thing. That's how special I think this place is. And, And by the way, when we're talking about builders, and it's not just this neighborhood, I know what's going on all over the place. If you have people that know less than the homeowners... It was funny. We were talking to one of our neighbors who's who's very much in the construction industry and knows a ton about it. This guy's about as good as anybody as I've been around. But if someone in that industry knows more than you do, there's a problem. 
if you've got a homeowner that knows more about the building process and the things that you're doing and catching you on things that you shouldn't do or you're not caring about as much as you should, isn't that a problem? And salespeople, let me let me talk to you for a second. Why in the world? And this is this is it. It's not your house that's being built. I get it. But shouldn't it be that important? When your house was being built, wasn't it, was it important to you for everything to be done correctly? So why would you not expect the same for somebody else's? Why not treat the families that are moving into certain neighborhoods just like you treated your own home when it was being built? I don't understand some of the, the corners that are being cut. And, and it's, it's bothered me since our house was being built a year ago. Over a year ago now, because we've been in this neighborhood for over a year. But I don't get the corners that are being cut. I don't understand why it's, and I forget the, I might have this saying wrong, but I would rather, is it measure once, or it's cut once and measure, I forget the saying, somebody's going to have to to correct me on it. Um, or maybe it's measure, it's measure 12 times and cut once, then measure once and cut 12 times. I think that's what it was. I might have that wrong again. Somebody might have to correct me, but you understand the point that I'm trying to make. You understand the point that I'm trying to say why, you know, and the warranty people seem to be so put out by the fact that homeowners want things to be corrected and it happened with us, especially. I didn't understand why the warranty people gave us a problem. And it wasn't just this one. It was the house that we were in prior to this. They act so put out about the fact that they have to correct things that were done wrong. If you'd just done them right in the first place, you wouldn't be here. If you guys would just measure 12 times and cut once, you wouldn't have to come back into these situations. And here's the other thing, and I've noticed this from people that have talked about First Texas. Why is the drainage such an issue with you people? Why You know that drainage is going to be an issue, so why isn't this something that you focus on when the house is being built? You know this is going to be an issue. I, 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 that seems to be the, the one constant thing or the one consistent topic of a lot of people that I've talked to that drainage has been a huge issue. And it's not just with First Texas, it's with another builder, the builder that we were that we're with with MI. Guys, shouldn't that be a huge focus? Hey, the drainage has been a huge problem. Let's see what we can do to fix this so it's not a huge problem going forward. I just don't understand as a horn is going off right now. I don't know whose car that is, but thanks for jumping into the radio show nonetheless. But I just don't understand when that's a consistent issue, why you can't put a lot of focus in that to make sure you get it right. Because obviously you're going to spend the next year trying to fix it because you didn't fix it in the first place. Anyway, if you want to join in the conversation about the, the builder or the process that you've gone through, you are welcome to do that. I would love to hear your opinion on it. Uh, the problems that you've had, the uh, the constant issues that you've had with builders, or maybe you've had a great experience. I don't know. If you've had a great experience, I'd like to know that too. And who was it with? Hey, I'm all about giving shout outs. I'm okay with that. 
Did you have a builder that you absolutely loved, a salesperson that stayed with you from start to finish, made sure everything was done correctly when you had complaints, took it seriously because it's your house and it's going to be your family that's growing up in it? We'd love to know that too. Here's another thing, uh, and I, I started on this before I got into the whole builders thing. Last night, one of our neighbors, brought, and this is why I got in the neighborhood thing, one of our neighbors who, who we've become very, very good friends with, love them dearly, actually rolled their basketball hoop all the way over to our, our house because they weren't using it a whole lot. <laughs> Growing up as a basketball player, when, when they offered that, um, I, you don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> yes, it's going to be my answer every time. And so I've already been out there. We were out there late, late into the night last night, shooting baskets, and and me and the the husband were playing horse, and and I beat him last time, and I beat him again in the first game, and then he beat me a second time because of a hook shot that I couldn't make. Shout out to you, Alex, if you're listening to this, and I'm sure you're laughing when you're hearing me say this. And, and the the hook shot that, <laughs> and Alex is like six foot three, six foot four. I'm five ten. And this, the hoop isn't regulation height, so it's probably at, at eight feet, I think. So it's a little easier for Alex to make this shot than me. So, of course, he, that's his bread and butter during this. I'm not going to get on a whole horse thing. That's Alex is laughing his butt off as he's listening to this right now. So, Alex, I want a rematch. I'm going to get you, partner. But anyway, when they rolled the basketball hoop over, I was out there again this morning and it just reminded me of growing up because I grew up as a basketball player. I loved playing basketball. I actually grew up watching guys like Magic Johnson. I know a lot of people were going to say Michael Jordan. No, I, I grew up. Magic was the guy that I just loved watching, not because of how good he was. He was no Michael Jordan. And there, there isn't – I don't care about the argument that you want to make, that you want to make between him and LeBron James, I don't want to hear it, or Jordan or, or Kobe Bryant. It's not that I, I don't think that they're as good as Jordan. I think they're different players with different skill sets. I, I There is never going to be another Michael Jordan. I hate when people make that comparison. So, oh, he's, he's another Michael Jordan. No, 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 no. He's a different player. If you look at LeBron James, he's just built differently than Jordan. He's just built differently. Kobe Bryant was built differently. They're just different players. I just don't like the comparisons. But having that basketball hoop outside our house now just reminds me of growing up. And I don't know how you grew up or, or what you were interested in, interested in uh, when you were a kid. But to me, I grew up on five and a half acres in California. I grew up with my grandparents. My mom was a single parent. And we'll get into that at some point in one of these shows. We'll tackle the growing up with a single mom or a single dad, whatever the case may be. But after school, you know, none of my friends lived within 30, 40 minutes of me. So it was just me. I grew up as an only child. And my refuge growing up was a basketball and a hoop that was built into um, the driveway. We had a big circle driveway, not the ones that you're – not the crescent ones. No, this was a full long driveway, circle driveway, and they dug a, a, a hole when I was probably seven, eight years old, put concrete in, put this – pole in and that's it probably stands there to this day but there were so many nights that I would go out to that front driveway and no matter the temperature in, in 
living in Fresno, California, for those who don't know, it's it's a lot like Texas, just without the humidity. You know, we still get 105, 106 during the summers, but again, without the the humidity, it's it's what they call, I guess, what they call a dry heat. But there was nothing more peaceful to me than that. I would go off for hours upon hours upon hours, and that's all I would do was shoot hoop after hoop. And as a kid, as every kid growing up, it was game seven of the NBA finals. And you play that out in your head. And I think every kid does that, but that was my solace. That's where I found my peace. I didn't have anybody to play with. So that's what I did. Uh, Even when it was 30, 35, 40 degrees out, it was cold. I was still out there for hours and hours and hours. And so I grew up loving the game. So having this basketball hoop out here now in our neighborhood just kind of brings me back to my childhood. It's shooting baskets by myself. It's it's one shot after another after another. And of course, I can't pretend that it's game set of the NBA Finals. I'm not uh, I'm not doing that. But uh, just to get that feeling back, that being able to have a basketball in my hands and and to be able to look at the hoop and be able to feel that the ball kind of slide off of my fingers as it, as it leaves and head towards the basket and uh, being able to play with a couple of people in the neighborhood and, and you realize how rusty you are, or how old you are really when you're trying to move around and the moves that you usually were able to do, you can no longer do. But, uh, you know, it's, um, it was fun for me. And, and the guy that I grew up watching was Magic Johnson. I know a lot of people will say Michael Jordan and, and Magic was just, he was just that guy. He was bigger than a normal point guard in the NBA during those days. And what he could do with a basketball, and it wasn't just magic. I remember my mom giving my uh, giving me my first tape of Pistol Pete Maravich. And I forget what the name of the, the movie was called. It was on VHS. Oh, yeah, we're going back now. <laughs> uh, it was on VHS. And I remember watching Pistol Pete going, how in the world? Did he do some of the things that he did with a basketball? It was it was amazing. So between working for hours upon hours upon hours and then going to basketball camps every single summer and working on the game every day that I could, I wanted to be better than everybody else. And that was um, that was just kind of the way I worked. I wanted to be the best. And the one big regret that I have throughout my life is that I gave the game up in high school. Uh, I just lost the love of the game. I'm not going to blame it on anybody. I really could. It was um, a coach I really didn't like. But then again, who hasn't been there? But you keep playing. Well, to me, I just it forced me to lose the love of the game. And once that left, um, I felt like I didn't really have anything left to play for. And so that was the big regret. I, I wish, you know, on top of that, being able to focus more in school. I wasn't a great student. Um, I was barely a good one. Uh, I did everything I could just to get by, just to be able to graduate. And there's a part of me that has a big regret there too. But, you know, as I've learned throughout my life, God has a plan for everything that happens. And and if you go back to, you know, the story that I told in, in the very first show in moving here in, in 2008 and for a job offer, and it's funny when people ask me, well, how, you know, why in the world did you move from San Diego to, to Texas? What would force you to do that? And the answer that I always give, kind of tongue-in-cheek or trying to be funny, is I moved here for a job offer I wish I'd never taken. And and to some extent, that's really true. Um, 
it was a job that I was, you know, that was in my background. It, it allowed me to come to Texas. Um, but it quickly became something that never was something I wanted. Um, and for eight years I struggled through this job and I, um, I remember almost every day asking God, what am I doing here? What, what is your plan for me? What is, what has this got to do with your plan for me? This, me being miserable every day going to this job cannot be your plan for me. But what I learned from my relationship with God is there always is a plan. And what that plan was, and I didn't even know it until after I got the job at Hilti, which I love. I love my job. I love going to work every day. There isn't something I've been this passionate about for a very long time. And what I learned was God had to put the right people in my in my way, if you will, um, in front of me or put them in their roles because they were going to affect me in my job. Um, and they weren't in those positions yet to be in front of me. And so they, there are several people that I can name and I, I really don't want to, cause I don't want to single people out or forget somebody. Um, but they have affected my life in, in more ways than I can possibly imagine. And, and there's no, there's no thank you. There's no, um, there is no appreciation that you can give them that will possibly explain everything that they have been to me. And, and I think that's, that's for everybody. You know, there are certain people that affect your life that you will never be able to say thank you enough. Or you say, you know, thank you will never, ever, ever be enough to tell them how grateful you are that they touched your life. And, you know, that's what I'm grateful for. And God had a plan for me. And even though I struggled through the eight years, um, he got me here to this job and to this day. And and even moving to Texas, I, what I thought was for a job offer, it turns out eight months into my stint here in Texas, I meet Carrie. And here we are 12 years later, 10 years into our marriage and two kids. You know, my life couldn't be better. And my wife reminded me of something the other day of how grateful I should be because of, you know, when you go through every day, you start to wonder, you know, even to yourself and maybe to a fault, how I really don't have a lot of people that I hang out with. Oh, you know, I really don't have a lot of friends. And, but you don't really notice how many people you have in your life who are going to be there, who you call a friend, who if you were to have a get together and you ask them to come, they would be there or any chapter in your life. And I'll, I'll single one guy out. And there's a reason that I do this. And please understand when I single this guy out, I don't, I don't mean to say that there are other people who haven't affected my life positively, but I single this guy out because of what he did. And it's affected not only me, but it's affected our daughter. It's affected my wife. It's, it's, it's why our friendship the way it is the way it is. But Carrie had um, gotten into a, a, not necessarily an accident, but something had happened where she had to be taken to the hospital. And it was when she was pregnant with our son and Hannah was in the backseat of the car at the time. And I, I can't thank the, the hospital that they went to enough for how good they were to Hannah during that whole time. I get a call at work and I'm racing to the hospital to, uh, 
to reach my wife and make sure that our, our daughter is also okay. And we knew that they were going to keep Carrie overnight, uh, whether it be for observation, they were going to uh, send her up to uh, labor and delivery because she was having contractions and she was way early on her pregnancy. And they wanted to try to stop those contractions from coming. So the question became what we were going to do with Hannah, because there, we knew that there was no way she could stay overnight in the hospital. Uh, that just wasn't the place for her. So we were trying to find uh, somewhere that she could go. And as it turns out, I reached out to my buddy, Corey, and, you know, and, and this is how God works. And this is why I'm so grateful for the relationship that, that I have with, with God and what he's done with my life and what he's done with our lives and our kids and, and the people that he has around us. When I made that phone call, Corey just happened to be coming back from his aunt and uncle's place in Frisco and was a few minutes from the exit off 121. And he came and he picked Hannah up and he took Hannah back to, um, to their home with his wife and, and daughter. Uh, and it's just, you make that phone call and, and Corey could have been at home in trophy club and he still would have come. But you know, you make that call and as God would have it, he had Corey in Frisco for a reason because that phone call came right as he's coming back and he just so happened to be coming past that exit where the hospital was. If that isn't God, I don't know what is. So Corey, if you're listening, thank you. That was a big moment in our in our friendship and it's why we look up to you as much as we do. But, you know, the other, you know, there's so many other stories that I, I want to get to, and there's so many other topics that I want to cover. Um, I mentioned being, and, and this, this might be one of the strangest topics that I'm going to bring up during this show. And the reason I do is because I'm very unapologetically a Disney kid. Um, but, you know, my wife and I have both been to um, Disneyland. We've been there a couple of times. Actually, we just went uh, two years ago for our daughter's first time. And, um, even though she couldn't experience the big rides, I know it's not the last time that we're going to experience that, but I love Disneyland. I, I, there's just something about it that allows me to forget the outside world for a little while. And there's just something about being there. And, and I don't know how many people agree with me or not, but it is just, it's a place where you can forget everything. And I'm excited to go to Disney World. I really am. I've never been. And I've watched a lot of YouTube videos on some of the things to do and some of the rides and some of the attractions and shows and restaurants. And, um, you know, they, they also say you can't do everything in one day. Well, okay, that may be true. But when you go to Disneyland, especially in Southern California, I think the one thing that jumps out at me is there – you know, my heart starts starts to race as you get off uh, the five freeway off on Catella, I believe is the exit. Um, and you make that turn and you go towards a parking garage and, and your heart starts to flutter. It's like, it's that start of that, that adrenaline rush that I love. And being at Disneyland, they're just like, okay, what do you do first? And I don't know if you're like me, but <laughs> my favorite ride of all time being at Disneyland and it's something there there's actually two and you can call me strange and they're for very different reasons. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know why I just do. Um, whether it's the slow pace, whether it's the um, getting away from the, the heat of the summer or, but there's just been that draw. I just love that ride. The, 
the animatronics and the voice changes and the way that they've changed the ride to update it to the movies. Um, the other is the Jungle Cruise, and I, and I like it because it allows the the uh, the skipper or the captain, whatever you want to call it, to be funny and to you know they allow people to. Um, make their own jokes and be funny and stupid and sarcastic. And, and that, that just, that's me that I, I love. That's who I am. I love to be funny. I love to make people laugh. Uh, my wife knows how sar- uh, sarcastic I can be, but it, it, if it puts a smile on somebody's face, I love doing it. So seeing somebody else in their, in their element and being able to see them do this job and the smile that it gives them and and it's very authentic and I, and I think that's why I love Jungle Cruise as much as I do. Um, but you have rides like uh, Indiana Jones and uh, I love Star Tours. That's another one of my favorites. Uh, Haunted Mansion, of course, is is one of the all time best, uh, especially for old school people who love Disneyland. It's not one of the new school ones. It's been around forever. Um, but I just, I love Disneyland. I love the Disney entity. I love the, what the, you know, the company has done and what they've done with Disney around the world. And, um, I'm excited to get to Disney world to see that for the very first time, uh, will be incredibly cool with magic kingdom. And, oh, by the way, uh, California adventure. If you've never been to Disneyland, make sure you go there and to California Adventure because if you've never done soaring over California or what they call, I think they just call it soaring now or soaring over the world, something like that. Um, or it may still be soaring over California, California Adventure. I don't know. Um, if you've never done that, that is the most incredible experience. And I'm not going to tell you why, but there, <laughs> it's just one of those rides that you come away with going, holy crap, that was amazing. And it's even in the ride. I remember Carrie's reaction, her very first time riding it, turning to me going, oh my God. And it was one of those, you know that moment's coming, but it's so cool when it does. It's so cool when it does. Uh, but that's just a couple of my things. But Disney just, it, the experience, uh, the experience in and of itself um, is incredibly cool. Hannah, come here. I'm going to bring Hannah on here and just for just a second. Come here. There you go. Come here, Hannah. Do you remember being at Disneyland a couple years ago? You can talk. It's okay. Yeah. What do you remember about it? Um, um, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Who did you meet? What princesses did you meet? Um, Belle. Yeah. Who else? Ariel. Yeah. And? Um. Cinderella was the last one, right? So, what was your favorite part about Disneyland? Um, going to parades. You seeing the parades, and, and for those parents who have um, who have never done Disneyland or are taking their kids for the very first time, let me tell you, there is something about seeing a child's reaction to the parade and, and all the characters that they know, and watching Hannah's eyes light up to all the characters that she knew and see she's laughing because she remembers it is just it's such a cool moment it's such a cool thing to be a parent it's one thing to go when without kids and it's still an incredible experience even without kids but seeing you when you start to kind of lose that luster of disney or disneyland or disney world whatever the case may be when you take your kids for the very first time and you start to see it through their eyes 
it awakens a whole new side of that love of fairy tale or um, imagination and, and what what Walt Disney has created or did create is absolutely the most fantastic thing that has ever been created in my opinion. But, you know, I think Hannah really enjoyed it. What was your favorite part outside of the parades? Um, watching, um, watching characters. I like to give them high fives. You like to give the characters high five? You didn't like some of the characters though, did you? No. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Captain Hook was not, <laughs> not I did I did not like all of them because I like that fairy thing. What, Tinkerbell? Yeah, she loves Tinkerbell. It, one of the things that I laughed the hardest about with, with Captain Hook, and I can't remember exactly how this went, but we were at the character breakfast. And by the way, if you ever have an opportunity to be the, to do the character breakfast at Disneyland, pass. It is The food is awful. If you're going for the experience, fine. If you're going for the food, pass, because it's bad. But anyway, um, so Captain Hook came around, and Hannah was not a fan of him, so I tried to come around and shake his hand and, and try to make Hannah a little more comfortable. And that didn't really work. But, um, Oh, it was, uh, I forget who the other character that was there, but the character kind of made a, a, a motion, you know, they can't talk. So captain hook did this kind of thing with the, the Pinocchio, like the nose extending as like the character lied. And that was one of the funniest things that I even cracked up seeing that. And Pluto was there, right? And Pluto was there. That's right. So it's guys, when I tell you that, that there is something different seeing Disneyland through your child's eyes, you know, you may not like it anymore as an adult, but I promise you it will reawaken you when you see it through your child's eyes. It's, it's an incredible, incredible moment when you see their eyes light up and they are so incredibly excited about what they're seeing. And I think that is the most amazing thing. So, you know, I'm looking forward to at some point taking both Hannah and Isaiah because Isaiah was only, I think, like six months old, eight months old, something like that. And so I think when they get older, I'm looking forward to doing that so they can do the rides together. Do you want to say something else? Um, I love rides because I like to ride with Daddy. <laughs> you like to ride with me? <laughs> yeah, we didn't do a lot of a lot of the rides we couldn't do haunted mansion of course because it was going to be too scary for her we couldn't do pirates because it was probably uh, a little more intense so we did dumbo we did dumbo yeah what else did we do um i don't know no we did we did a couple we did uh buzz lightyear the uh uh buzz lightyear to the rescue yeah buzz lightyear to the rescue um, we did the, uh, Astro Blasters is what it's called. And, and I think that's a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's not difficult to hit the targets, but it's a lot of fun cause it spins you around and it, it's kind of challenging at that point. <laughs> but you know, I can't talk about Disney world cause we've never been there, but Disneyland was a lot of fun. We did Peter Pan's ride, which Hannah really enjoyed. Um, she was a, a little, um, not scared, but a little apprehensive when it got dark inside the ride, but she opened up pretty quickly. So, and the, the one thing that we enjoyed seeing her the most was the Bippity Boppity Boutique. When you got to be dressed up in a, a princess dress and you got your hair done, that was incredibly, incredibly cool. And Tinkerbell. Cool. And Tinkerbell, yeah. She, she loved that. And that was such an incredible experience. And see all the parents in there and the kids in there. Uh, if that's one, uh, that's one thing. If you have a daughter, 
that is one thing that I would I would absolutely recommend just to see their reaction and seeing them have the opportunity to get done up, get their hair done. And, and a lot of these girls, you can tell this was their first time doing this and getting their hair done. And, and it was just being able to do that at Disneyland, I think, is one of those things that, you know, that's why you give them that experience. That's why you take them there and allow them. And to, makeup. And too. makeup. They do. Yeah, they did your makeup, too. But it was just, it was um, a very, very well worth experience. What else do you remember about Disneyland? Um, I remember seeing... Seeing what? I remember seeing Tinkerbell. Yeah, we've said that a couple of times. Yeah. What other characters did we see? We saw Mickey Mouse, right? Mickey Mouse, Minnie, Donald Yeah, that, those, were, those were the two. Minnie and Mickey Mouse were probably the only two characters... That she was <laughs> that she was okay with, and 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 Isaiah bite Mickey's nose. Yeah. <laughs> that That's was a, a true story. That was a, a silly. That part. was actually a hundred percent true story. Mm. Mickey got a little close, and Isaiah, and you put his, mm. and it was it was all in fun. It wasn't one of those, you know. He's six or eight months old. He's not going to go chomping on Mickey's nose, but he got his nose a little too close, and Isaiah thought it was a pacifier and went, "Cool, I, you know, this is." Something I can chew on. Great. And, and, and mommy said, get off, don't bite Mickey's nose. Yeah. We also, the, the other thing that I would pass on is the submarine. And for those of you that have done it, you'll probably agree with me, especially after changing it to the Nemo pass. It, it will make, if nothing else, it'll make you dizzy because it's just, you're sitting still and you can tell that you are, but it's basically this stuff that just goes by your face and you feel like you're just... Like you end up being dizzy, and um, it's not a fun feeling. It you have to literally focus on one point, and or or close your eyes, I guess, at a couple different points because it will make you nauseous and it will make you dizzy. And I said, "Wow!" at the um, parade. She did. She did say, "Wow!" And at I got and I got around, and my I said, "Dad, just laugh." Yep. So anyway, it's Disney is is such a cool experience, and. It's not just for kids. It's not. If you you can't say that. Then we see Nemo. We did see Nemo. That's right. On the submarine. Mommy didn't like it. (laughs) It was making mommy dizzy too, like it was me. (laughs) But uh, it's fun, guys. It's if you get the opportunity. If you haven't had the opportunity to take your kids, I would do that. I would highly recommend it. And. it's it's a topic that we'll get into, especially you know Carrie and I are we were supposed to go for our ten year anniversary. I think I said that during the very first show. Um, and did we see Star Wars? No, we didn't see Star Wars. Nope, mm. that was a little too too much for you at three years old. Oh, but uh, we're we pushed our trip back to November because of this whole COVID stuff going on. So I'm I'm very very hopeful that we get an opportunity to be there and to experience Disney world. We're going to do Epcot and Hollywood studios. And, uh, can I say something? Yes, you can. Um, um, we remember that park we were going from, we went to, um, the lane apartment we did. Which, yeah. at Disneyland? Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, it was Minnie Mouse's house. Yeah. It was in an apartment. Well, it was an apartment, and we had lunch there and breakfast. Oh, yeah, the character breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. I, I again, it's this is such a fun thing to do, and and I, uh, my daughter's probably going to be on here a few times. She every 
day. Every day. Maybe not every day, but we'll allow you to jump in and say a few things. Um, again, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate everybody that's going to uh, join in on the conversation. Um, have a great, great Saturday evening. And we will talk to you very, very, very soon. Again, have a good night. Happy bye, Saturday. Bye, 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 bye. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll catch you on the flip side. So long. Bye. Have a good day. This game's in the Admiral Refrigerator. The door is closed. The light's out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling. And the jello is jiggling.